Welcome back to another episode of the Producers Podcast here on Denver Sports. Whether you're listening on denversports.com or the Denver Sports app, we want to say thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and today is going to be a fun episode. I think you guys are going to like what we have in store. But before we get there, I am KJ, the producer of The Drive, and I'm joined by John, who produces Schlereth and Evans and the Players Club. John, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I had the uh, had the day off for some personal reasons yesterday, but I'm back at it and rejuvenated and uh, ready to knock out a good episode, man. There you go, dude. I like it. I like it. I mean, you know, it's always interesting. I think <laughs> we become just known as the guys who, you know, press the buttons or the guys who make funny drops. Right. And that's cool. You know what I mean? I, I like that stuff too, you know, but I think it's always interesting when we get a chance to have some fun with the listeners. Um, for those who are unaware, Derek um, had, a, a, it was called Dinner with Derek. It was an event we had a few Weeks ago uh, at Ted Montana's Grill, and if you were able to make it out, man, that's that's awesome. I'm glad to have met you and hung out with you guys. That already happened a couple of weeks ago? A couple of weeks ago, yeah. Oh, wow. I remember hearing promos. I thought that was still about to happen. No, no. Oh, that's, man. Yes. That's Montana Grill. <laughs> so you were there? I was there, man. And it was pretty cool, man, because I think that was the first time where I was able to really recognize that our voice does have power because mm-hmm. a lot of people – don't know the producer's faces like they right, of course. like you know obviously they know the main guys faces they see them every day they've been a part of it. they mm-hmm. can watch them on the twitch stream things mm-hmm. of that nature so they know those guys when they see them and i think that was the first time where i was able to see my voice actually like mean something if that makes mm-hmm. sense because or like people recognize yeah your people voice. can recognize your voice right. instead of your face and they be like oh snap that's kj like mm-hmm. oh man do i hear you on the drive from time right. to time like dude that's you know it's great to finally meet you and obviously they ask the typical questions about ah, oh, well how's d mac like how's there yeah, they really this and that yeah which is fine i don't right. my answer no no not at all so. that's just naturally the first question right <laughs> what is d mac like you know that is like <laughs> that you know even with people you know when i was working part-time here and it's like, have you met D-Mac? What's he like? It's like, he's a human being, dude. Like, he doesn't – I shouldn't say he doesn't all the time just have, like, ridiculous takes all over the place. But it's not like he's, you know, coming into the studio and just being like, man, you know, banana bread should be, like, the most nutritious thing you eat. You know, he's not just coming in with, like, hot takes right. out left, right, and center. He's still a human being at the end yeah, of the day. But yeah, exactly. Was D-Mac at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, not at, not at this one. Um, but from what my understanding, we'll we'll have like things of this nature. Probably not exactly like what we did at Ted Montana's, but we'll have things of this nature like this down the road. Mm-hmm. And he he didn't make it out to this one. Um, I don't know if it was a, a Avs or Nuggets game, whatever it was going right. on. Right, he had night. some so, engagement, right? Mm-hmm. Something. So, um, so yeah, it was it was um, it was interesting, man, and. So so let let me ask you this. Like obviously you're back here at the station whenever they go out for their breakfast outings. Mm-hmm. Um have you ever had an opportunity yet to kind of go out to one of those events with the guys um just to hang out with the morning show? No, no, I haven't uh, cuz like you said I'm running I'm running the board and producing the show. Um so I'm stuck back here. I was um a little it's a word, jealous. Uh, that I wasn't able to go to Vegas mm. with the Players Club. Thank God Richie oh, went, though. Dude. Thank God Richie went. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just playing. But uh, 
No, because uh, in typically, you know, the standard setup is um, obviously we have Drew who assists with Kevin on Stokely and Zach, and then you on the drive, and that's typically like a show setup, right? You right. usually have like. Technically, if you want to break it down, it's like the board op and then a producer. Right. And the producer is is like not running the board. The board op is, obviously. So the producer has more freedom to like, you know, if the host needs a confirmation on something that might take like a little bit of Googling or uh, to edit something, um, cut spots, anything of that nature that that second person lends is typically what the producer's role is. Yep. Along with, you know, working directly like either with like the assistant PD or with sales or anything like that. It's more of kind of like the um, unglamorous part of the job, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, isn't even that bad, to be honest. But um, So that's usually the setup. I'm both. I'm the, I'm the producer and the, uh, and the board op, um, which has its own difficulties, obviously. But um, no, I haven't had a chance yet. Um, to be honest, a lot of time, like during the season – I wanted to go down because, like, D-Mac and Mike do their pregame show um, downtown right. a lot of the time at home games. Um, and I've thought about going to that and stuff like that. But I'll be honest, man. It's been – I think it's been very close to, if not – I think it's actually past a year since I've been on with Schlereth and Evans and the Players Club. And I'm, like, just now getting my bearings in terms of, like, waking up at – 3.30 consistently and being able to like not just shut down after I get home from the gym. So I'm like usually, you know, getting up about 3.30 or so, trying to get here about 4.30, 4.45, doing show prep, doing the show, stuff like that. And for the players club, then I know you lift. I'll go to the gym after I'm done here. Right. And then the like for whatever reason, just the gym it's like the mental exhaustion I just have from like working here and just like doing my job and then going to the gym yeah. is just like, it's almost like I can't think most of the time. Right. Um, so it's just been really difficult to be able to kind of like calibrate my body to that. And it's, it's taken close to a year. So, but I finally gotten to over like the last month or so, like my bearings. So to even like think about on the weekends going to, uh, during the season, like going to any of that wasn't even a thought because I was think I was like sleeping all weekend. That's just how I was like getting my body recalibrated for the week. Um, so to answer your question in the longest form possible, no, I haven't gone yet. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of it when the opportunities I have to, I just haven't because I've been just trying to adjust to the job. And by no means is that me uh, complaining or anything. I love working here. I love my job. Very blessed. I love. I I love everything I do and I'm very blessed for the position I'm in to make money doing, you know, what was a dream for a lot of us going into school right. uh, to do this. So by no means is this um, me complaining. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I value sleep a lot and I get about six hours and unfortunately I hate my body for this. But like, if I was to be in a perfect world, I need like 10 hours of sleep to be at like a hundred percent. Yeah. Now I can get off like eight hours, you know, that's fine. Right, right, um, right. And by operating at like, you know, 85 to 90%, which is, you know, better than most people anyway. Um, I know a lot of people barely get any sleep, but, you know, it's a, it was a big adjustment period for sure. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that, man. Um, I mean, for myself, most nights I'm lucky if I get five. Um, so 
on. See, yeah, I couldn't operate on that, to be honest. Yeah, no. So it's funny you say that. I, I, I my body and is it probably has done more against me than it has for me if I really went back and looked at some of my patterns over the years. But mm-hmm. I've gotten so accustomed to doing five to five and a half hours of sleep in there doing 18-hour days straight. Yeah. Um, just from literally from the time I wake up to the time I'm ready to kind of actually unwind for the day. Right. Um, so that that gets interesting. But, you know, it's tough, man. I'm sure. I'm sure. Is. Actually, a lot. It is a lot of people listening can actually probably, um, like, understand your perspective more than mine. Right. As crazy as that sounds, like the five, you know, sometimes even four hours a night of sleep, and then you know those twelve, thirteen, fourteen hour days, especially if you have kids and stuff like that. I'm single and I have no kids. But yes, um, so yeah, yeah, you're engaged. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, man, it's just like, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of prioritize things, um, in your life. And again, to me, like for my mental, physical health in general, I just like, I really, um, value that kind of stuff. And so for me, sleeping is like number one and then going to the gym, like being some sort of physical active for at least five days a week is like one a, so like those two things are so important to me just outside of like my work life that I will prioritize that over just about anything. Like I don't, I don't, I can't even remember the last time I've had a drink. Cause it's like, even if I have like one beer, it's just like, I'm going to feel groggy in the morning. So I'm not going to do that. Right. I don't really like go out with people much anymore. Um, which again is like those are my decisions, but that's just kind of like the lifestyle I've adapted to to be able to feel good, do the things that I want to do to maintain my physical and mental health right. while also performing at a high level at this job because you know this job is one of the few outside of like and I'm not comparing us to athletes, but in the sense of like a lot of times your mistakes are like out there, you yeah. know, like if we mess up audio or you know, mess up the timing on something or give our hosts the wrong information that's happening in real time. Yeah. And sure. You have like a dump button that, you know, you might have like 20 seconds of wiggle room, but a lot of the time your mistakes are being like seen or heard in real time. So you got to be on it. You know, you got to be sharp every day. Um, so it's kind of my perspective of it. So yeah, I, I, five I hours of sleep is insane to me. Yeah. No, I, I that's trust crazy, me. Man. I get it. I want to piggyback off of a point that you made a few minutes ago. You talked about how it really took you and your body realistically about a year to really be able to get to where you wanted it to be, to be able to operate at peak performance every day. Yep. And the point I want to get at is we've been blessed to have, you know, a set of hosts who are patient, but they also understand how much of a grind yeah, not sure. only this industry can be, but in our positions as well. I mean, you know, Mark, the ultimate grinder. I mean, right. he 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 grinds from sunup to sundown, literally. And, right. you know, Mike didn't get here by mistake. I mean, Mike studies and prepares like no other host I've ever met, TV or radio. And in my case, you know, I got Derek Wolf, who literally just got done playing football. Right. And this guy works out like a freaking madman every single day, Go gets off, he comes and does the drive, and then he goes home. And he takes care of his kids and takes care of his wife. And he has, like, young kids. He's mm-hmm. not like, you know, right. most of the other players who kids are, you know, getting up there in age a little bit more now. 
Um, and so, and then there's D-Mac. Of course, D-Mac is at every Avs Nuggets that. home game. Yeah. He's on freaking coffee break. He's just everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you look up is D-Mac. Yep. You know what I mean? 100%. So, you know, for them to be able to slow down and understand for even for a second that, okay, well, we understand that you guys got things going on in your lives. I, I, I'll, I'm – I'm never going to take that for granted because I know it's producers out there in the world who would literally just want a host who gets that because sure. some hosts, if I'm just going to be honest, they demand perfection. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Honestly, I haven't had that experience. Yeah. Um, or nor do I like, I don't really know anyone who like works in this field. I, it's such a like niche, you know, because if you think like, Technically speaking, there's only like 50 of my job, like right. 50 states of the morning show. Then you'd like break it down into markets. There's only like 20, you know, so like it's such a niche job that I don't like quite know a lot. And again, we don't like or a lot of people and we don't like, you know, it's not that we don't as people might think it's not like we hate if you like work at a rival station. It's like, we automatically hate, we just don't really like meet those dudes. We don't like the, at least from the producer side, oh, we yeah. just don't really like mingle. Cause we're all doing our own thing. We're all grinding right, for, exactly. for this, that, and the other. Um, and a lot of people just don't have like the goal of just being a producer. You know, they want to be a executive producer or an assistant program director or program director, or they want to be on air like DMAC yep. or something like mm-hmm. that. So, but a hundred percent, man, it's like the, just kind of like, that's the, probably one of the cooler things um at least speaking for working at the fan is like everyone just kind of understands what you're going through oh yeah you know and then you know a lot of us you know get on the brink of losing our minds once and at one point in time and then that's where kind of like you know kevin or one of the weekend guys call in you know dante you well you know if i'm you know, feeling like I'm starting to fall underwater a little bit, somebody else will offer to help in some sort of way. So it's a very, like, kind of communal um, aspect when it comes to that. But, um, you know, at the same time, you brought up um, that there's, like, people would want to be with our hosts or whatever, but also people want our jobs. No, you know? every single day. So it is kind of like, again, <laughs> I'm not saying, like, I am equal to an athlete, but that pressure to – compound and it's not like overwhelming pressure it's just like motivation i should say it's not pressure it's motivation to also be at your best every day because it's like again it's a part of knowing that you're blessed to be in this position but also like if you screw up enough somebody's going to take this position from you oh yeah so there's that aspect as well yeah no for sure and i think that's part of what you know no pun intended here keeps you on your toes Mm -hmm. because you know, at the end of the day, there's always going to be in the back of your mind that, you know, too many little things here or not enough things over here could cause someone to pull you to the side and be like, hey, you know, how can we make things better? Or be like, hey, man, things aren't just working. Right. And it will be a tough pill to swallow, but over time you will come to learn that, man, I, all I can do is grow from it, You know what I mean? Sure. So. 100%. At the end of the day, before even getting there, part of our job now becomes every single day before, during, and after to be as proactive and to be as like forward thinking as possible because the more you can think ahead, it eliminates mistakes. It eliminates the chance for someone else to 
assume that you could have did this or could have did that yeah, because you're already thinking about how can I have done that better or how can I do it better in the future when that time comes, yeah. you know? I think that's a really good point you raised. I want to elaborate that on a little bit, but what was your, and if you have like a couple, that's fine, but what was like one of your biggest challenges that you like personally had to um, overcome just to like adapt to getting onto the drive? Getting onto the drive, okay. I, like, well, I, I, or like, you can either take that angle, or like, once you got on the drive, what was like the biggest? You no, know, I'll, like, I'll take both angles. Yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah, both. yeah. So, so before getting on the drive, I think my biggest adjustment probably was coming to the coming to grips with the fact that okay, there's a lot of work that comes with filling in, right? Because mm. when you're filling in, you wanna you want to make it sound and look as least of a drop-off as possible. Right. So you're... Want to be all, like a chameleon. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly what you want. And I think that's that that was quite a transition for me because I had to lock in and I had to kind of really start to get into the brains of the original producers mm-hmm. and kind of, to a certain degree, see if I can think the way that they think. And well, sometimes it works and sometimes pressure, it doesn't. Right? That is a lot of pressure, man. And I think, you know... Just to comment on that real quickly, it's like you can never be that person, right? Uh, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's it's like keeping right. without diving too. It's like keeping the ship afloat. But like, if you were to listen to that show, you wouldn't think twice about whoa. Like, why does this sound so different? Like, is there a producer off or something? Like, that's basically what you want to do. Well, right. um, so I'll let you continue. But yeah, I I agree for the most part. It's like that's like so, and you know, say what you will about DMAC or whatever, is like when you step in a room with those kind of personalities, not even the personality, just like the um, uh, reputation that they have. You know, it's like this is a pro's pro at the top of the level within this market. That can cause some anxiety to like want to work with that person and things of that nature. So that on it as well is kind of like an added layer. Oh, no doubt about it. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think it smoothly transitions me right into my next point of what happened once I got on the drive. So to your point, in a typical market where things are are flowing seamlessly from, you know, the morning show all the way down to whatever the last Perfect show is world. on the station, yeah. you ideally have a producer who oversee, oversees X amount of shows. Yep. Um, and then, like you said, there's the board op. But I think with the drive, when I first took over, Richie was taken over as the executive producer, mm-hmm. and uh, Ben had just left. Uh, so yep. you were taking over the morning show, and you know it, it was it was it was interesting because me and Kevin were working together at the time when I first took over, and then the station kind of went through a little transition there, mm-hmm. and then it, Kevin took on his own show, and then I was left on the drive by myself. Well. Before we made certain adjustments heading into 2023 to kind of streamline things a little bit better, there was a lot of times where every day it was me spending the first half of the show literally just cutting audio. Yeah. Because I was trying to do as much of the rundown as I could, but then the host would come in when we would sit down with our meetings and they would want to move this and adjust that and be like, nah, I want a little bit more of this. And then the other host would be like, well, let's try a little bit more of this. And then you're trying to find a way to mesh it all together. And then finally, you got to actually sit down and work on the actual audio to make the show sound good. And you're trying to get the majority of it done at least by the first sweep, which is a three o'clock sweep, which we call the big story of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that was always interesting, man, when I first took over because it wasn't as if we had an EP at the time because we didn't. Right. And I was going to say that was like the biggest dude. That was probably the biggest transition a radio station can make. Right. And because it, we had like six, like five or six positions of like new people like rotating to a new spot who was either already existing in the building or someone who had never been in the spot before, like in my case or your case, taking over a drive time show. Right. So yeah, that was like one of the biggest undertakings just as like a radio station um, can have. Yeah, no, sure. it, it, I, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think sometimes from the outside in, most people would never consider the little things um, because as long as the big things sound good, that's all that really matters. I mean, as long as the people that you know need to show up, show up, that's that's all that matters. But I think being able to hone in on the little things and really be able to like grasp it and mm. really feel comfortable with it. I think that's yeah, the most important sure. thing to feel comfortable with it. I think it's super important. It took me a while to really feel comfortable because for the longest time, dude, it just felt like I was walking on eggshells, man. Mm. And I was just like, dude, how can I streamline this process to make it easier for myself? I'm like, I could easily work around the clock to a certain degree, but that doesn't, that doesn't accomplish anything because when I take a vacation, the guy coming after me, they're going to be like, well, we expected a drop off, but this feels pretty significant there. Cause if you work around the clock, then what's ultimately going to happen is the hosts are going to expect a certain level of rundown, a certain level of audio, a certain level of, you know, different types I'm of someone who whatever. may have run the show once or twice. Like you can't put that expectation. on. Exactly. And I think that's kind of where at some point I was like, I've got to stop doing it like that. And I said, let's keep it within the confines that they actually pay me so I can, you know, further express that, Hey, we've got to put a right. little bit more effort into changing things because if we don't, then I think it's only going to make things tougher once Broncos season comes around. Mm-hmm. And we were able to make it work for the first portion of Broncos season. And then once we kind of got uh, Drew, our new EP, um, on board, and and I think uh, Richie was able to kind of really, you know, fill out his role a little bit more right. and, and really step into what the role required of him instead of running Stokely and Zach and doing all of that and right. being an EP. I forgot about that. Dude, that was, that was, that was a time, yeah. man. So – we we went through a lot of transitions as a station, and uh, and that's just literally within one year. And right. so, you know, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll always say, you know, shout out to Parker Hillis, who, you know, did a great job holding down the EP and then temporarily as the assistant program director before he took over as a program director as the, uh, over the ESPN station yep. and the hub down in Houston. I would just want to interject real quick, just for some context. Is yeah, like the all this change was happening just because all simultaneously, like people either got promoted within like a different market. Well, that was basically it. Ben moved to like music. Parker got a um like promoted to go back because I think he's from Texas too, so he was able to go back home and like finally take that next step. Yep. So it was like all these people just got like better. It wasn't like there was any because. I've always, like, it's always been super chill here. Like, everyone's, oh, yeah. like, gone together. So I just don't want to, like, you know, paint the picture that, like, people were let go or anything. Like, it wasn't that yeah. at all. It was just, like, yeah, literally absolutely. everyone just got, like, promoted all at once. And it was, like, then then we all got promoted all at once. Right. So it was, like, this crazy, like, merry-go-round, I guess, of just, like, everyone just, like, taking 
one or sometimes even multiple steps up. So, oh yeah, and I think you 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 elaborated there perfectly in regards to sometimes stations go through changes and some of them are are announced and then sometimes they're not. And I think the listeners they can feel it, they can hear it, they can sense that things have kind of shifted just a little bit. Because I remember when I first took over the drive, I didn't have all of the songs firing on yeah. on cylinder like I do now. I didn't have all of the drops turning around so quickly like I do now because I if it took me a while to kind of learn right. the pacing and what they needed from me. Um, That's probably one of the hardest things to to adapt to. So because in our situation, it wasn't like we came into a show that was kind of it, they were they were already like well established shows right. both the drive and um and the morning show were so it was like and I can only speak from my perspective <laughs> but I was like you know coming into into that morning show it was like they already have so many um things that are like entrenched in their DNA like this is what Schlereth and Evans is about. Right. I had to learn real quick, and like it was, but it was, you know, it was a little difficult because like Ben, Ben Fried is probably the best producer I've. Well, he's the best producer I've ever been around, but probably will ever be around. Like right. that dude behind the glass is like insane. Like if you, it's just like a. It's so hard to explain if you, if you aren't here, but just like the talent gap between like that dude's like wit ability to like pull and manipulate drops and like in, implement them within sentences and stuff like that. Um, so perfectly and like with comedic effect without like going over the host or interrupting the host is like one of the hardest things to do in, in producing. Yo, and he I, did it flawlessly. He did. I, I won't say I necessarily struggle, but there's always because because with D Mac and Derek, sometimes they have like little gaps where you know you can fit them in, mm. and then there's a moment where you are anticipating as the producer, or in my case, the board op, sitting right there getting ready to press the drop, and you're thinking there's going to be like an extra second because mm. typically it is, and then they close the gap quicker than you yeah. can anticipate, and so now like your sound effect clashes with their voice, and now yeah. it's kind of like a whole thing. I so. actually had like two of those today, which I haven't had in a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's like it's a chemistry thing, just like with anything that you know requires multiple people working in you know sync or and have that kind of synchronicity with one another. Right. It's it's takes time. It takes chemistry. Um, so that is like there is, believe it or not, there is like an art form to to that kind of stuff for sure. Um, and like I said, but when you when you're coming into um, like I know for Schlereth and Evans, I actually like, I felt in, I was probably overthinking it. Maybe I wasn't, but I felt so like bad about where I was like a month or so in, I was like, I'm just going to go back into the podcast and start listening to shows. Yeah. You know, and I was like literally like studying how the flow went, what like made, um, them laugh and stuff like that. Cause when I was working here before I got promoted, I was working nights. So I was, I was like going to bed when like Schlereth and Evans was coming on. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't listening to him live. So I was like, you, the best way to do is just like, you know, um, engulf yourself in that like culture or whatever. It's like, if you're trying to learn the, like, if you're trying to learn a new language, what do they say? Go to the country if you can. 
right. you know, entrench yourself in in the people around you and the people in the culture. So that's basically what I tried to do for Slayer and Evans. And um, for me, I feel like that, you know, that show is probably it's definitely the heaviest drop themed show um, on the station. So that was and then if you look at Ben's wall, dude. You can't even like his wall is so insane, <laughs> like because it's like a it's on a computer, you know, and you have like these squares, and you just you know it has an audio file per square. You click the button, it goes over the air, yep. assuming that the pod is on. And his, so you can like make it by you could probably make it like a hundred by a hundred if you wanted to, yeah. but most people have it like eight columns by six rows, something like that, and you can see like the title of the drop and how like long, how many like seconds or half second the drop is. So you can like kind of memorize like that. When I looked at Ben's wall, he had three walls of like 24 by 17. These squares were so tiny that you would have to like precisely put the mouse over the title to even see what the drop was. Dude, that's what made whenever I would fill in on a morning show, that's what kind of made it a little tough for yeah. me because I was like, it's like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking dude, at. Dude. I don't, and he knew where he every one of them was. That's, was that's like, the thing. He memorized God, it all, man. Please. That dude, he had like well over probably 300 drops. It was insane how many drops he had. And he was just like able to, and that kind of added on to his ability. But when you see that as a producer, or at least when I did, you know, it's like, it just kind of sets the standard a little bit of like, okay, well, you know, I need to, it might take some time, but I know like where kind of my, my hash mark is, you know, if I can get to this level and I don't even know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to try to make it, you know, I don't know, six months, a year. I don't know, but I'm going to try to evolve my producing, you know, ability to at least get to somewhere around that. Cause he had been with that show, I think pretty close to its inception. I think they've been doing the show together seven or eight years now, Slurth and Evans have. So yep. that chemistry is there as well. But Ben had been working, you know, with them for five or six years. So yeah. Uh it's it's uh you know, that's just kind of the the interesting part about, you know, producing. But um it's definitely fun, man. Like when you can cause I mean Stink, you know, Stink is just so hilarious. When he <laughs> I feel at my best during a given segment or sweep when Stink is riffing and he's like making us laugh and then like Mike is able to feed off of Stink and then I'm able to elevate that like skit or conversation, whether it be music, timely drops, um, older references, you know, to things that we hadn't talked about maybe in a week or so. Right. That brings them back. Those are like my highlights as a producer when I'm able to feel like I elevated like the quote unquote skit or whatever um, to like even an, a, a small, like, a, you know, a notch or two. Um, those are like my most successful feeling moments when I'm like live producing the show. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I'm, I'm the same exact way. Like when we get into like funny stories where you know, you can be able to add those extra elements to kind of like enhance a funny conversation. And you can tell that not only did it make the host laugh, but you can, you can almost feel the listeners right. in their cars cracking up or maybe they're at work or whatever the case right. may be. And it just makes you feel good, right. man. It makes you feel like 
all of the grinding and all of the work that people don't see is moments like these that you right. get to be proud of it because it pays off because you probably literally just changed the course of somebody's day and you didn't. Well, you know, know, you know, the way that I've kind of grown to operate behind the board is if you're having a good time, the it's pro- more than likely ninety percent of everyone listening is having a good time. Exactly. You know, you have those sticklers who will text in every now and again, and <laughs> you know, it's it's fine. And, you got to you know, stick to their script, you know. Yeah, and you, yeah, and so, but you can't ever make everyone happy. So you know, you just kind of operate on on the. Um, on the premise that, like, if you're having fun, they're having fun. If there's engaging conversation and you're, you know, involved and it's not diving too deep into the weeds on something, you're not talking about, like, you know, the potential of trading for an abs third-line center or something like that. Um, mostly everyone is just as engaged as you are. So that's kind of like the entertainment side of, you know, running running the board and being a producer. That's um, the most rewarding for sure. And yeah. you, and so, and I, I think this is actually kind of interesting because as you talk on the air a lot or DMAC will, you know, ask you about things and um, you kind of have that, that synergy with DMAC and even Derek where it's like you, um, and DeHuff was like this too, kind of like you're almost like a third part of the show, um, which I find interesting because i'm the exact opposite i'm like i'm that but i only talk like in drops for the like the majority of it right um and so and every show is different it's not like you know you are like i gotta get on the air it's not like you know now some producers will be like that i've met you know not some producers here but like you know we went to the uh media school together and you know it's like you just kind of know those kind of people who want to like you know, kind of think that they're no matter what position they're in, their voice like carries more weight than others or things of that nature. But it's just kind of also another interesting dynamic between a show where, you know, someone like yours um, is it's a little more interactive where mine is not is more like kind of just trying to be in the background and adding small like quick drops if that makes sense yeah yeah no no i would definitely agree and i mean i, I appreciate dmac for allowing me to have those you know few moments here and there to be able to kind of talk and joke with with them about certain things um did that come naturally to you did you feel comfortable you know when- well at first i had to come to the realization that that was actually a thing once dmac really kind of opened up to that and then Derek was you know he he opened up to it as well over time and i was just like okay well you know we can we can all work together to kind of have some fun with this mm-hmm. thing because from time to time i'm going to throw a hot take out there and they're going to mm-hmm. be like dude are you crazy and then from time to time i'm going right. to say you know what they're thinking and Either way, it creates something that they can kind of piggyback right. off of. Yeah, as long as it creates some sort of dialogue. And, um, you know, that's an, kind of another thing where a lot of the time we – or at least I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like a lot of time I won't necessarily outright tell Mike no. So, like, you know, as a producer, you're trying to – another – so just kind of the off-the-air aspect – is you're always trying to come up with like creative ways to discuss a topic or at least I am. So it's like, it's more than just like, cause obviously Mike can take something maybe we've exhausted the conversation on and find a new angle. He's 
been doing this for you know decades. Right. So he can do that. He's a professional. But then, as far as I'm concerned, it's my job to see: is there a way that we can make it interactive for the listeners, or funny, or fun? How can we spice something up? Or is there some sort of um, just productive, like from my perspective, a producer productive angle that I can take on something and make it just like a, a more embellished fun segment. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of the time and you kind of bringing up DMAX saying like, let's try this. You kind of, you're, that's another part of being, you know, producers. You, you, a lot of the times when your host brings something up, you want to try to at least see if you can, you know, form to help, um, bring out his idea. Now, sometimes the host might be like, you know, the idea, and I've, I have heard this about DMAC, the idea might be really grandiose. Yes. You got to be like, we can do that, the the big picture idea, but like the 14 just small things that you just laid on me <laughs> that you want done in like six days, that can't happen. Yeah. But we can make like four of them really, really good, yeah. and we can still execute like the big picture idea. So a lot of the time it is like running with things that your hosts want to do, but sometimes it's telling them scaling it back, making it a little more realistic or just telling them like, I don't know, you know, and sometimes I have had to tell you like, listen, like Mike has come in and we've like, you know, something's been talked about on ESPN and it's like 830. It's like, hey, can you roll on that so we can play it? Like Mike, we like it's it's too big of a topic right now. And it's not even like topical or anything that's like news breaking you know it's just like some off comment like i don't know jj reddick was talking about nicola Jokic, but this was like weeks after the hype kind of between him and perk kind of died down right. i should say weeks like a week and a half and um it's like i'll pull it but like we don't and we were just like rolling with some i think it was like sean payton talk something like that i'm like it's just Stay on, you know, keep our eye on the bullseye here. I'll pull it and we'll talk about it tomorrow because it's going to start a, like a greater conversation, but we don't necessarily need to dive into that right now. So that's like another part. And it's it, again, it, it's part of the chemistry where you yeah. kind of like you mold with your host and sometimes you got to tell them no. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think for me, anybody who has ever met me knows that, um, I always say no in a different way. Like, I won't straight up tell you right. no. Like, anybody who knows me knows that you I insinuate. am. insinuate. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. I am I am the greatest insinuator that probably has ever walked the face yeah. of the earth. Um, and I'm not even joking right now. So, like, for example, to your point, if DMAC throws out an idea or says, hey, guys, let's do this, you know, there's, there's always a, you know, we could do that, but, like, let's look at it from this angle right. type of perspective right. because – if you don't do that, you'll break your neck to get something right. that is so should, minute. So minute. Like yeah. they reacted as if it was going to take up the next 30 minutes right. of conversation. Yeah. And then it only lasted two or three minutes. And now as a producer, you're pissed because you're like, Oh, I just busted my butt to get this. Right. And then you guys only talk about it for two or three minutes and you never bring up the audio and I think, for the rest of the show. And I think that's something that comes with just like being seasoned as a producer as well. Is because then you learn, or like for me, what the issue was for me when a host would come to me with that kind of idea is that like mentality of how can I make this more grandiose? So I'd make double the work. 
So not only would I say, yes, let's do it, I try to make it even more complicated right. for myself. And to be completely honest, probably I've been here, I think coming on four years, something around there, um, been producing shows for three, and probably the biggest learning curve, I not even learning curve, just like probably 90% of the projects that I wanted to make, I wasted probably four to five hours on and they never came to fruition because it took me four to five hours to realize this isn't going to work. Yep. Like I I've, I've already sank in about five hours of time. It's going to take another 20 if I want it the way that I think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm just, I'm too like nuanced or whatever. That was like one of my biggest struggles being like a brand new producer. Um, and so I just had to be like, dude, like, it's not, and then you, or if like I did spend 10 to 15 hours on something, it plays. And I'm like, dude, that was not, that was like such a bad use of my time right? to like use that. And a lot of the time it's like when I'm at home on like a weekend, you know, yeah. like I'm not even, cause like I have so many other responsibilities. I'm not doing it necessarily quote on the clock. It's just like a side project yeah. I'm trying to work on, but I'm wasting my own time. Right. So that was like one of the biggest things, you know, um, that's like a, micro view and a macro thing was just kind of being I needed to learn how to be more organized and stuff like that but yeah. unfortunately the only way that I personally learn is by fa- like by doing something wrong so I just know how not to do things yep. as opposed to how to do things Same which here. is a really long and arduous process how to learn stuff yeah. but over the like, the last few years I think it's it's helped a lot um in my you know honing of you know what's worthwhile and what isn't but that was like one of the bigger struggles early on for sure it's like you know you want to make this highlight package and the highlight package turns out to be three minutes you're like and it sounds good and like that stuff that we actually would do in schools like that would be a good project like an above and beyond project but on the air it's like dude if you have a like 90 seconds is like pretty long you know, mm-hmm. 45 is pretty good. You know, it's like you want it in that 30 to 60 sweet spot. Anything over that, it's kind of overkill. And you can make an argument even 45 to 60 is pretty long, too. No, I definitely agree. You literally set me up for what I was about to say. For those who've been listening to The Drive for a while, you know we had something called a fire-up. And mm-hmm. those fire-ups can get pretty long. Like, sometimes they could be as short as maybe three to four minutes. And mm-hmm. sometimes I've seen them stretch out to as long as freaking eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have not only the right characters to do the fire up, but you've also got to have the right elements. And the fire up, I will I will take this to my grave saying this. The fire up requires more time and more energy and effort off the clock than any other project you'll ever do. And luckily at the time, it was a two-man show, so they had Mm. the ability to say, hey, one guy grabbed this and then the other guy will literally hone in on this. And uh, just to provide more context, so the fire, the 5 o'clock fire up, that's every day, 5 o'clock obviously, or is that Um, Friday? So so during during football season, it will be every Friday Friday um, at at 5 o'clock. And it will be just like the top highlights with the smashing music and you – Make sure that every highlight was right and tight. It's super hype. Mm. Um, You know, it it hits all of the booms, the clangs, the whatever, between the rock, between rap, between pop, whatever. Hyped up for the Broncos game. Yeah, man, just makes you feel good riding your car at 5 o'clock, makes you 
believe that the Broncos actually have a chance this week. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what the fire. Well, that's even became. that's a tough sell. But so yeah, so you're making like a highlight package for that typically. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's just a long, lengthy highlight package full of gosh, I would probably say thirty to forty songs and mm-hmm. probably over a hundred and fifty highlights. And that's wow. a lot of stuff to grab, man. And a lot of people really from the outside looking in probably didn't understand all that went into it. And because it took so long and it was before we got Drew as the EP, we we eventually kind of stepped away from it for a little minute because it's just a uh, lot of, it just a lot was a lot, man. And with me having to kind of do all of the other stuff I had to do at the right. time for the show, I was it's like, one of man, those things. Yeah. this fire up has become more of a back burner thing. Like I I if the show is burning down, but the fire up sounds great, that, that yeah, doesn't that's make not any sense. worth yeah. So right. and Mac can create his own. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. host can a lot of the a lot of that stuff too. Like the host can can manufacture, yes, right? Like of that the stuff the is iPad, like, right? And well, and that's like extra. And just DMac himself, though, he can create hype. Yes. You know what I mean? Like people aren't going to lose out on hype because a you know a certain um, mix down wasn't made or something of that nature. It just adds um, to that volume for sure. I would definitely agree. So, with that being said, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes here. Good, and sometimes bad, and sometimes in between. It's every job, but, man. Hey, man, that's what I was just about to say. You know, it, 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 it's all a part of what comes with it. And at the end of the day, it makes us just that much more grateful to be able to do this for all of the listeners yep. who continue to tune in, whether it's strictly to the Producers Podcast or to what we do uh, on the morning show, the Players Club, and the Drive, um, and all of the other shows on the station that we've been fortunate enough to be a part of. It's 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 all amazing. And what I would just you know say to you guys as we're as we're putting a bow on this thing is, don't ever look at you know what we do as just another thing. You know, like what we do is always thinking about the best version of the product for you guys because we love you guys we love doing it for you guys and we love what we do for ourselves personally obviously we wouldn't do it if that wasn't the case but you know to be able to have the privilege to step up to that mic to step up to that board to press the button for the sound to go over the air and to be able to do all of the elements that makes it go it makes things feel that much more real when we are able to have, like you said, John, those interactive moments with the fans and the listeners to be able to really, you know, know how they feel, get a chance to see what they look like. They get a chance to see what we look like. How do we act in person versus how do we act, you know, behind the board or whatever the case may Mm -hmm. be. And it all is intrinsically connected. So, you know, if you guys thought that the process that you play between listening and coming out to events and, you know, continuing to text and call in doesn't matter. It matters a lot. Yeah. We just want to appreciate you guys, you know, for always being around and hanging out with us. Yeah, man. No, it's, it's said it perfectly. It's all love. It all comes from love, man. Love the job. Love the listeners. Love what I do. So absolutely. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the producers podcast. We know this was a little bit of a long one, but you know, it, it had a lot of power packed information in that, I hope gave you guys insight to what, you know, things really happen behind the board. 
uh, in regards to not just 104.3 The Fan, but radio, period, because there's there's a lot that goes into it. And so with that being said, you know, we'll have more sports conversations. We'll have more in-depth conversations about 104.3 The Fan and all of that coming soon. But please, please remember that the Avs and the Nuggets playoff run is getting ready to start soon. And just as you guys are ramping up for it, we are as well. So stay tuned to DenverSports.com and the Denver Sports app because there's a lot coming and there's a lot going into the Avs and Nuggets playoff run that will continue yeah. to be unveiled here coming soon. Yeah, we're getting into it, man. Into the thick of it. We are. It's like, see, we coming. We coming. <laughs> oh, man, we got we definitely got to get into see you on another episode. But with that being said, man, thank you guys again for listening. And we will catch up with you another time. This hey. has been a Producers Podcast.